welcome to season two, episode seven of the Right Right podcast, The Cost of Editing. I'm Elon. I'm John. And I'm Craig. And today we're going to talk about editorial services. This is actually how I met these guys, um, because, uh, spoiler alert, if you remember our last season, uh, we worked together at an editing company that is owned by John and Craig, right? You guys both own it together? That's right. Uh, legally, but it's really more John's thing. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, so so I, I'm an editor, John's an editor, John is uh, an actual editor, I'm kind of a lear- like an editor uh, apprentice and in process, although I've done some projects. Um, You're a junior editor. I'm You're a junior editor. Uh, other than apprentice. Fa- that's good, I've graduated. Um, so the question is, why are editorial services so pricey? Um, and the reason that this comes up a lot is because oftentimes writers say, you know, I'd love to have my work edited, but I just, I can't afford it. That's too much of an investment and I can just put the book out the way it is. Um, but in my opinion, as a writer, editor, and reader, editing is critical. It is vital. It is so important to the overall quality of written work that, um, it is a cost that must be assumed if you want to create something of, uh, of real value. Um, because everyone wrote a first draft. For instance, my my parents just went to uh, they went to Paris and um, they hung out at that one cafe where uh, uh, what's his name the guy Hemingway that's the guy it's, yeah where Hemingway wrote um, and they got a chance to see some framed initial drafts of Hemingway's work um, and my dad said it was it was beautiful and amazing because Hemingway is when you read Hemingway it seems like an effortless um, and simple thing but the pages that he edited himself my dad said he saw one page where every single thing was crossed out except five words <laughs> so like even that dude who's a true master of language in some people's opinion edited he does himself have a famous thing oh and and had editors what is the famous thing he does he has a famous saying about first drafts <laughs> is it know. is it pg no, it's Usually not. they're not. Usually Hemingway's quotes are not. Hemingway first draft and uh, Google will tell you the rest. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so what what goes into editing? Why is it so pricey? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, part of it is that editing takes time. I mean, you're an editor's going to they're not just going to read your manuscript. They're going to go over and think about it. I mean, when I when I edit a manuscript, uh, depending on the type of editing I'm doing, a lot of times I have to stop and I have to think. And that is the time vacuum right there. So you can take the amount of time just to read a book. Let's say let's say your manuscript is typical 80,000 words. That's like a three to four hundred page novel. That might take, you know, that might take someone between seven and 12 hours just to read. But when you're editing, you, you can double, if not sometimes triple that because you have to stop and think and analyze and comment so there's that angle, but then there's the hourly hourly rate because this isn't just a simple, you know, a, a simple task where you're, you know, you're necessarily working at minimum wage. I mean, there's skill and experience because the editing editor is a professional. I mean, myself, I've read many editing manuals. I've apprenticed under uh, a few different editors, and I've I've been involved in more than a hundred different. Uh, projects to date so that experience is you know that editor's bringing that uh to the plate so they're not just some person reading your book and and uh gonna tell you "Ah, fix this make it better 
it's not just knowing what to fix. It's also knowing how to communicate through the comments. I mean, I've, I have refined that process a lot because uh, initially you don't realize sometimes when you're trying to communicate something, the writer will just, their eyes will glaze over if you don't nail the point and give them the right directive. So, so there's, that's all the sorts of things that you're paying for when you're paying for a really good editor to work on your stuff. Um, and that can come into, you know, for that 80,000 word, three to 400 page novel, that can come into more than a thousand dollars, depending on what you're all having done. Mm-hmm. If you have a couple editors and you follow the traditional process, which we, we do in our company, um, then you could be paying like close to a thousand per, uh, per revision. And you're, you know, you're not just throwing that money away so that you can make the editors happy. You're, you're paying them for a lot of hard work that's been done. You know, Absolutely. you don't take your car into the mechanic and they work at a hundred dollars an hour and they're fixing your car and it's hopefully going to run for the next while and not going to break it. Right. And it's the same thing with an editor who's mm-hmm. taking your manuscript. They're doing some really critical work yeah. um, to make it, make it better and make it stand up so that it's, it's any, any things that are outstanding that readers are going to be like, something's wrong with this book. That's going to disappear. Totally. I, I things things simple things down to like even even something along the lines of a formatting error that can completely kick a reader out of the story and make them wonder and lose all momentum. I read a book recently where throughout the entire manuscript it was a, a, an ebook, uh none of the internal monologue was italicized. That was an error. <laughs> Um, in the manuscript, but it became sort of unwieldy and difficult to read. Um, I understood what was going on because the voice would change within those internal monologues, and it was very obvious because they were delivered in third person or in first person, where the novel was in first person. But it was very jarring, and it was a huge problem that would have been fixed with editing. Um, but that's and that's like you know mechanical editing. But there's things like developmental editing um, that, wherein you hire a, an editor with ex- with experience to to help bring your story into itself more more solidly um because i know that as a pantser um my own writing can get kind of all over the place like and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened is a recipe for disaster usually um but having a developmental editor say oh here are the kernels of your story and if you seed this here if you leave this out there then the experience will be better for a reader um and that kind of stuff is invaluable and it will make your book so much better and it's why i mean look the hugos give out awards to editors editors have an entire enormous community where they give each other awards because it's a ser- it's a profession mm-hmm. um there are people who don't want to be writers they want to be editors because an editor an editor's job is to facilitate the creative process in such a way that that they are bolstering other people's creative ideas um, and there's a lot to love in that. In fact, I've I've discovered that I actually really enjoy editing much more than I ever thought I would, um, because I learn a ton as I edit, um, and I get a chance to see stories at all these different stages, um, and and I, and I find it I find it really uh, exciting and wonderful. Um, <laughs> so Craig, you've written a whole mess of stuff. Is mm-hmm. John your editor, or do you have another editor who's separate? Uh, yeah, so I've written over 70 things now, 
Um, I have used John as my editor in the past. Um, I use someone else now just because John knows me too well. And so I think he wants it. Uh, we just have a little bit of conflict sometimes because uh, I think because he knows me so well and he can say, you know, you've written some, oh, we can't use, P we have to use PG language. <laughs> okay, he, you've written some real poop here is what he might say. Um, and so we butt heads a bit. So I have a different editor that I use now. Um, and sometimes, very rarely, but sometimes I self-edit. Uh, I do prefer to use an editor because an editor can identify weaknesses that I cannot see myself in my own writing. Um, and whether or not it's a real weakness or if it's just not reaching its potential, an editor can identify those points and say, I'm really getting the sense that you could make your story blank if in this section you blank. So it might be adding some description, it might be adding some dialogue, it might be telling me, telling the reader what the character is feeling um, that was my biggest challenge is I needed to put character feelings in there. That was my biggest learning over writing so many things. Um, and uh, like, sorry, I lost my train of thought a little bit. Um, but yeah, editing is crucial. Um, professional editing, professional editing, not getting like your sister or your brother or your mom or your dad to read your book. That's beta reading. That's a little bit different. Um, and someone who is related to you is predisposed to wanting to like it. Um, and whether or not they can be honest with you about whether they like it, they probably don't have the skills that an editor has to highlight the problems and identify how to fix them. So you answered the question that I was going to ask after this, uh, especially because you know, you're married to an editor and this is a situation where it's like, well, this is a, this is a person with a skill, but they still probably shouldn't be the one to do it. My mm -hmm. mom, for instance, is an English professor um, and she edited all of my essays when I was a kid. She taught me how to write. I, um, she's also a published writer um, and I read things to her or she'll read my work as a beta reader, but never as an editor because we both know that it's a recipe for disaster. For the same reason, you probably wouldn't want to use your mom as your therapist you probably don't want to use your mom as your editor. Mm -hmm. um, and, and and I think you hit the nail on the head, Craig. It's it's a matter of someone with an outside perspective and a set of tools and 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 experience that that can that can bring in such such awareness that as someone who's deeply embedded in something, you you by default don't have like self-editing you can do some mechanical stuff and you can try to get some some sort of uh developmental things happening and it's something that we do all the time as writers anyway as we work but the actual process of that editing can't be done by you um and then on the flip side um i had a recent project that i thought was terrible like i took me a long time to write it i finally finished and i'm like this is going to need some serious work because there is something wrong with it and I can't figure it out. And I sent it to the editor and like, he absolutely loved it. Like he did identify a lot of key parts where I needed to expand to make it stronger, but it was nowhere near like this big disaster that I thought it was going to be. And like, he was able to uh, reaffirm me that yes, I do actually know what I'm doing because writers get plagued with self doubt a lot. Oh, and yeah. a good, not only points out the mistakes a good editor also points out where 
uh, where your strengths are. Um, and so like, I'm really thankful for that editor for what he did with that project. Um, because I probably would have trashed it and just started over. Um, and so I saved myself a whole heck of time and stress just by sending it to the editor as is. Yeah, and sometimes even if they don't comment on what they enjoy, some not not critiquing the parts that you you know there'll be there'll be things that they'll critique which isn't what you were expecting, mm-hmm. and so the parts you think are crap are actually fine, and that's important. I mean, I mean, I even though I do editing I, as a writer, I have a separate editor, and it's just you can't edit your own work. Period. There's there is no exception to that. How you can self-edit? That, that's why that's why there's it has its own term, right? It's kind of like saying like you're. It's almost like you're committing some kind of a sin. <laughs> you're self-editing. Don't self-edit. No. Well, I mean, you have to because I mean, here's the thing. You don't prescribe yourself medicine, right? That's right. Unless you're self-medicating, right? which is also bad for this for the same <laughs> yes. kind of reason. Like that's the point. <laughs> but I mean, uh, here's the thing: self-editing is important, and and it's a little side point, uh, probably worth bringing up here. When when you're going to hire an editor, make sure you're ready for editing, because a lot of times you'll turn your first draft in, but it's really your fourth or fifth that the editor should be getting, because otherwise you're going to spend a lot of money, and or the editor's job's going to be useless because mm-hmm. they can't take it deeper if you still have more work that you know you need to do the story's not there yet and you're not ready um then the editor has to take that finished story and then go to that deeper level of completion um i mean i've looked at some things that i could just tell this is not ready and i'm at the point now where i will actually turn an author down if they come to hire me for editing uh, if I could tell that this actually needs lots of work. If you want to do like a coaching edit where I'll help you give you some pointers for what you need to revise on your own, that's fine. But, um, you know, when there, so there's a, you need to be able to do a degree of self-editing um, beforehand. But when it comes to publication, if you're going to put a book out there and self-publish and, and you want to have a professional indie platform, uh, you should have that separate, editor come in at least one i mean ideally you ideally you should have three because that's what the traditional publishing industry tried and tested model has been doing i guess since whenever they started well that's Um, the thing like there's a reason they do it that way mm -hmm. Um, and it's because the final product is of a certain quality Mm -hmm. um it's 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 you come you come to expect that like tor isn't going to put out a book with like issues of first and third person inconsistency or tense problems, because those are things that you will never put out as a big editor. Um, mm-hmm. But I was actually wondering if you, if you're familiar at all with the process for, for say you're like a, an agented writer who's publishing for one of the big five. Um, mm-hmm. Do you know if they turn in earlier drafts than third or fourth to an editor or to their, uh, to their editor at the spot or to their agent or to whomever? I mean, this is an honest question. Like the answer might be, you don't know, but I, I've heard a little bit about this. Um, I think it depends. You'll hear different stories. It depends on. It always depends on the relationship between the agent and the author. So sometimes it might be that they'll turn in even a draft in progress to get the agent's input. Um, but when it comes to what the agent's going to sell, I mean, there'd be the agent, but then there'd be the editor because at, uh, when you get established, uh, you have you work with a certain editor 
at a big publisher and there's there's a collaboration that happens between that author and that editor and i think it varies with every author mm-hmm. but we, if you're a new debut author and you're trying to break in um there's a myth the myth is that your manuscript has to be perfect or you won't make it that's not true uh your manuscript may need editing and they may take it because the story or the concept or there's something that it's it's right hitting that thing in the market that the marketing editors are raving about and that's why they're going to take it might need some editing but you know what the investment will be worth it um but you know as a rule the more polished you are as a debut novelist the better because it's it's less likely they're they if they're going to take a chance on you they don't have to spend as much uh their editors are not going to be like working as much on this novel as they would something that needs a lot of work um but they'll still take because it had a lot of potential um so so i think that's the thing if you're an established novelist and the editor has faith in you and they know you're good at polishing things up you might be able to submit rougher stuff yeah but, i know of people who like at this point in their career they've been so prolific that they just sell pitches mm-hmm. you know they're like i have an idea for a story about this and and you know tor is like you got it whatever here's two million dollars go nuts mm-hmm. and uh for most people that's not going to be the case obviously um the thing about editing it's you know like what we're talking about, especially given the indie author conundrum, which is I'm doing this independently. Typically, that means I have another full-time job, I'm, uh, and I don't have a lot of time or a lot of extra money to, uh, to spend on these services. So the whole notion of what edi- editing should cost is very important. And you brought up the sort of like $1,000 range per, per editorial pass, depending on the length of the book, but 80,000 words is, is a good average to go with. Um, but like what should editing cost and should cost be a deciding factor first and foremost or should you be looking for someone or a company that edits your genre should you be looking for people that you know who they use like what would you recommend as the process for someone looking to find an editor hmm well i mean the the thing that i you i use to find editors in the past was uh, going on word of mouth so talk to other writers you know and trust and find out who their editor is um that's been hit hit or miss with me um the the editor that i use right now i connected with through a service uh that i got involved with for my own writing and just because of the relationship that formed between me and my editor that's why it's like i i work with her so uh i have been the victim of bad editors in the past that I've hired and and I have lost lots of money um, through that painful lesson learned and unfortunately you don't know until you try and sometimes the editor will be good but they're just not the editor for you so the best thing you can do if you're looking for an editor is get a sample see if they can sample edit five to ten pages of your work even if you pay for it that's okay they might because they that, might that shouldn't cost you more than twenty dollars no, and the thing is, that at least gets you a sense. Uh, are they like, do they dig right in? Do they get it? Are they, are they, is this it? I mean, the biggest thing you want is you want the editor to challenge you. If the editor's not giving you anything challenging, um, they're not going to make a big difference on your work. Uh, and 
I mean, it might just be that your your book's really good, but uh, generally speaking, that's not the case. Usually there are some issues that need fixed. Not saying the book is bad, but there are going to be some some more serious things that need to get done. And, uh, and, and you want to see, is the editor taking a critical approach to this, or is it just like fixing typos and spelling mistakes and rewording a few things? And, you know, like, you don't want just that. You, you, want, you want to see signs that there's something critical going on. Totally. Uh, and it, it is hard because there will be some services that are very expensive, uh, there are a lot of services now, companies that will have editors who used to work for the big houses, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, not, not, I can't name them all, but there are, there's quite a few out there, and uh, they will advertise those credentials and high cost, and you might get the same value of editing as you would with like something much cheaper. But an editor who just gets in there like a dirty sock and yeah. goes through everything and really knows their storytelling theory and everything. So, so yeah, that's it's the answer. Long answer to that is it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> there was something that Craig said before we hit record on this episode that I thought was particularly intelligent, um, which was that cost shouldn't be a hallmark. Is that the word you chose? Because I loved it. Cost shouldn't be a hallmark of editing quality. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's really, that's very wise because we ought, we tend to think that the, something is more expensive, ergo it is it is better. Um, in the case is often that you can find something either equally good or uh, equivalently good f- for for less. But you shouldn't be trying to like minimize your spend on editing because you should just accept the fact that it it is a cost associated with releasing a quality product. And if you want to be a writer and you want to take yourself seriously as an independent writer, it's one of the costs that simply must be assumed. Um, so we are a little bit over time, and John has a recommendation for a website to check out um, regarding editing price. It's the yeah, EFA, it's, right? The EFA, um, Editors and Freelancers Association. I believe that's what it's called. Sounds uh, right. Uh, it's the-efa.org. That's the website. Um, and uh, I, we're going to, you know, it's probably easier if you just put the URL in the liner notes. I will, uh, yeah. Because it's a lot of letters for me to read out yeah, here. Yeah, it's got um, two slashes and a .php and all kinds of good stuff. So Yeah, so, so we'll have that for the liner notes. But basically, this is a chart that breaks down the different types of editing and common hourly wage ranges as well as uh, common paces that are expected for different types of editing. So you'll see developmental editing, you'll see um, editorial assessments, you'll see copy editing. I think they have ghostwriting, copywriting. Mm-hmm. They, they, they cover a lot of different things. But it's just a good reference for you to get a sense of how much you can expect some editing things to cost. So when you're pricing people out, you could see are they very affordable? Is this, is this at the high end? And, and, you know, there's a, a lot of writers want to get into editing themselves, and I expect that we probably have a lot of listeners who might be writers learning to edit or wanting to get into editing. So it's a great reference for that as well, if you want to start out and know what's a reasonable thing to charge. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll just add to that that, um, like, the editor web is as big as the writing web. Um, editors are as... Uh, 
common, as prolific, and as interested in their craft as writers are. And you can go to things like copyediting.com, which is, uh, they have a newsletter, great resource as well. Um, it just, it be, there there are so many editors who, who really want to hone their craft, um, and they can really help you, and you can help them. So it's a great relationship. Um, and with that, I think we're going to end the episode. Uh, thank you for listening, and tune in next week where we're going to be talking about sleep. Bye-bye. <laughs>